Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. Welcome, 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 everyone. We are back with another episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the SummerSlam fallout. We're going to talk about Jesus. It just seems to never end. Punk and Page, And then we're just going to round it out with some just, just fun, nonsensical kind of stuff. Talk about a certain high flyer that is back in the news. And um, unfortunately, carrying cross. Uh, with that, gents, uh, let's talk some shop. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like, oh god, no! Like to like, oh shit! Hey, guys, um, didn't watch SummerSlam. Um, didn't hear anything drastic, so it you, you missed like, out, man. Hey, you <laughs> you missed I guess. of the year. I guess. Yeah, just put show the decade right yeah. now. Just lock it in. Oh, all right. Well, man, I, I'm man. I got to try and erase the Yankee game uh, out of my head. So, because that was way better, and they were playing the Astros. I know you guys don't like the Yankees, but we can all agree the Astros are cheaters. And they, yeah. oh my god, they booed them out of the building, and it was great. We won, so I was happy. So I got to win. So that was good. But I, I, I hate the Yankees. I respect that. Yeah, so you get yeah, you know. But I heard SummerSlam not so much. I think, guys, I just leave it to you. Like, I think the only thing I heard was that there was a title change. There was a cash in, right? Yep. Okay, that's all I know. I it, well, I, it was Eagle Sky, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I know. We have, so we have a new women's yeah. champion. Oh, cool. Wow. We, yeah, I I've, honestly I can't even remember how it started. Um, I actually had it on in the background for the most of the night. And I was just kind of like glancing over every, every so often be like, Oh, Oh, that happened. All right. Uh, the, the one match was ricochet Logan Paul. And, oh, that's right. And I remember that because Logan Paul specifically demanded he go on first because he needed to catch a flight so that he could walk his brother to the ring to fight Nate Diaz. And he, uh, I believe wow. he, Man, he showed up to, he had, uh, Logan Paul had the, 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 a big old shiner, mm-hmm. which God bless you, Ricochet. <laughs> doing the Lord's work. <laughs> he, he, was, he was doing yeoman's work in that match, man. That was that was Ricochet wrestling an inflatable doll for all intents yes. and purposes. If, if, if anybody doesn't know how good Ricochet is, I highly recommend watching that match because he... I don't even know what a term for beyond carried is. <laughs> he, did a, he did this like... He reversed... The, the tornado DDT to make it look like Logan Paul did it. Like mm-hmm. that's how good he is. And like the takeaway from that match is, is either Ricochet needs to leave the company uh, or they need to, to push him to the moon because man, did he, I don't think he deserved to lose that match of how, how much he was carrying that kid. Mm-hmm. It was pretty painful. Mm-hmm. And and I heard who was it? I don't know. Again, I've just been a little out of pocket. But I heard recently somebody said that like 
who was it? it? God, I dare I say Jared. I don't think it was that drastic, but like someone was like Logan Paul's the future or something, and like they all kind of think that that was it. Cornette, oh my God! Yeah, like, Cornette, Cornette was was saying how you know, oh well, clearly he's put in the work and he's put in the training and nerd, nerd, nerd. reason nine million seven hundred eighty two thousand that I just don't give a fuck what Jim Cornette has to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, oh, on top of that, too, it's, it's, it's that alone should tell you how hypocritical that man is because right. guess who does flippy doos? Mm-hmm. Logan Paul does. Nothing like, but. Yeah. yeah. So it, it wasn't very good. And uh, I don't even, there wasn't even a tag match, right? Oh, God. I don't think there was a, the, the tag belts weren't because well, I think Owens and just Kevin's KO's hurt. I, yeah. I also heard Sammy might be hurt too. It, I don't know if you saw Raw, but they showed there was a segment on Raw where Sammy got you know beat up in the back, and his mm-hmm. elbow looked about as fucking gross as I've ever seen a human elbow look. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's just a cool trick he can do, like he's double jointed, uh, or that was just truly fucking horrifying. But uh, yeah, there, there's a possibility Sammy's hurt too. Yeah, there's actually the whole the it's it's that curse like right around this era or right around this era, right around this time is like right before like big pay per views like all their talent always just like mysteriously gets hurt or sick, hmm. and so um the the one match that I, I'm interested to hear Jim talk about is uh the Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler oh, match tits. Fuck me running. I, I, mean, that wow. was, I don't know if you guys were, you know, I, that's when I, at the point when I texted the group and I said, this is crimes against humanity back. <laughs> <laughs> so because like Ronda, it's so fucking ridiculous. There's been this thing on Twitter again, Twitter guy. Uh, there's been this thing on Twitter since where like somebody referred to it as a gimmick match. And Shayna Baszler was all like, I'm a this champion and I've done this in MMA and blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's like, no, it was a fucking gimmick match. Because yeah. you weren't actually out there fighting. It was a gimmick match. It was you guys mm-hmm. pretending to do MMA. It was cooperative MMA. Yeah. That's a gimmick match. I'm yeah. sorry. But Ken Shamrock in the Lion's Den match? Ken Shamrock could fucking murder me with his bare hands. It's still a gimmick match. (laughs) That's just what the fuck it is. But no, it was so. And, you know, the, the, the only upside to that match is that there was a lot of speculation that that was Rhonda's last match that she's done. And, oh, thank all the gods. I will suck Zeus's cock if it means that Ronda Rousey is fucking done in professional wrestling because she's she's she had like three months of like, ooh, this is interesting. And that it's just been years of dear God go away ever yeah. since. So yeah, horrific match, uh, an embarrassment. Uh, the fact that the women in WWE barely get any screen time to begin with, and that's how they're gonna Yeah. It. Yeah. Fuck I you. I I believe that. That match was pushed, uh, pushed uh, Lynch and Stratus out. Like, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. wasn't that the because they wanted this like MMA thing? Because we all know the the who owns the company now, mm-hmm. and I mean, rightfully, like I get it. two chicks fighting, top, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lynch Lynch hasn't been pretty quiet. Neither is Trish Stratus, which is awesome because that was. 
uh, that was a travesty. That match was just a train wreck. And then on top of that too, you, you get the, you know, we always talk about it, the tribalism and how everyone just shits all over AEW's women talent. And it's like, okay, yeah, they're a little rough around the edges sometimes, but did you guys like see this? Mm-hmm. Like people are like, you could see people up and like leaving, like it killed the crowd. Uh, it was the most like crowd killing thing I've ever seen in a long time. Yeah. So Mike, you should really watch it. <laughs> Bye guys. I honestly can't even remember some of the other, cause there was like what the three, there was like the three headlining matches. Yeah, it was he, um, he Cody Brock. Cody and Brock was, like, was okay. On the card. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Everyone uh, yeah, like gave shit because Brock like broke kayfabe and like yeah. gave him a hug, which was like, yeah. and now everyone's like, oh, this is this is Brock's like farewell to her. Yeah, and I was like, the torch. who cares? Like, what this 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 whole story has just been hot trash. Like <laughs> from the get go, I saw that where I was like, what is going on? Like. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Well, I mean, yeah. you did have you did have you did have uh, uh, Gunta versus Drew McIntyre, which wasn't yeah. terrible. That yeah, was that wasn't bad. terrible. Those, I mean, you, you know what you're getting out of those guys, though. Two big, big, sweaty men throwing meat. It was Just, good shit. Oh, it's great. Yeah, um, of course the 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 piece de resistance. Uh, you know the 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 tribal rules match. Oh, you forgot Seth Rollins and, and Baylor, though. No, I didn't forget it. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't forget yeah. it. I just, I wish if those two were, would have just had a good match. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You have to get the Judgment Day bullshit in there. You have oh. to make it about that. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that soiled it for me. Even, if, even yeah. if Baylor wasn't in the Judgment Day and he just was straight heel, like Bullet Club heel, that match would have, would have told itself. Yep. Perfectly, because especially when Baylor did the the buckle mm-hmm. the, or the the power bomb into the railing yep. as like a you know receipt, like I yep. thought that was great. And then it was like, oh, then here comes the run in, here comes the blah, blah. here comes the miscommunication with Damian Priest. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they're setting up here. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. It sounds like Damian Priest is going to go after the U.S. title. If you ask me. Clearly, yeah. Well, now that Rey Mysterio's got it, yeah, exactly. Gunning for it. Well, I heard that. I, I speaking of that because I heard that he lost it, and I don't know if this is just a weird one-off thing, and they're trying to build a story with Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio. But I read something that Austin is like everyone's really high on him, and this this is a sign that they're getting him ready for something god knows what it is but god. god help us all i'd I'd like to believe that no one is that fucking myopic in their view <laughs> that like no one likes austin theory none of the fans are behind him he gets zero fucking reaction he, he's not over at fucking all yeah. why would you push him and it makes zero fucking sense and then you have la knight who is <laughs> literally like put like a charisma rocket and they're like eh, we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. yep. let's like, put them in something with the Miz yeah you had the women's match right you had the women's match where ultimately you end up with EOS guy coming out and cashing in and and that was cool that was really fucking cool to see EOS guy win yeah um, and it was a good match right it was overall a good match yeah uh you know Sh- charlotte got her moments in and bianca got her moments in and yeah. uh, oscar got her moments in but um but yeah 
the way the show ended again, it just, you, the, you always say you want the fans going home happy, right? You got to leave them with something good at the end and fuck me running. Was this not it? Uh, it was just an absolute, we don't know what the fuck we're doing anymore. Kind of. Yep. moment. So, so Mike, you know, you said you didn't watch it. Um, just is right. It's a, it's a, it's a tribal warfare match. Yeah. It's supposed to be a clean J versus Roman, no interference, right? That's one of the fundamental rules of this tribal warfare is that no one gets involved. Well, guess what the fuck happens? Obviously, Solo Sokoa gets involved and then a masked man in a hoodie comes out and attacks Jay and it turns out to be Jimmy. So now you've broken up the Usos, one of the best tag teams in the modern fucking era for what? For what? Where is this going? Now it's Jay Uso against his brothers and Roman. Like, I, what the fuck are you going to do with this? It's just it, they don't know how to finish the fucking story. They just don't know what they're doing at this point with it. And it's it's uh, uh, what can we throw at him this week? Yep. Okay, how about Jimmy kicks him? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. It, do you think it's just because? I mean, obviously, it's it. This is going to at some point lead to a Cody. I, I I don't see him going for Seth Rollins. That just doesn't make any sense at this point. So I would assume it would be Roman, but. I, where like is it do you think that he there he's not ready yet or they're just they have a bit you know he's coming off a of brock like that just seems to be the next instead of whatever it, it whatever this fucking nonsense is because i heard there's like there's even thoughts of bringing rikishi in and i'm like oh my god okay wait so what I did like, it. Well, the rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was that's been big this week. Is uh, Rikishi is doing a, an indie uh, date, and on the poster it says, "Come see him before he referees the match at Payback." Right. So, uh, like, this, this, yeah. So this indie fed kind of fucking spilled the beans that uh, apparently Rikishi's going to ref a match between Jimmy and Jay. Yeah. Uh, which why? We don't again. Uh, don't need to continue this any further. Yeah. Um, I just I, I I feel like there's several things WWE wanted to fall in their favor by this point that haven't, and because like The Rock being available, <laughs> name yeah. and I think once those things haven't come through, they're like, well, fuck, I I because you you got I mean I think Cody coming off a program with Brock makes sense to go against Roman. But you want that for WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. It's August. What the fuck are you? Are you really? Are they really going to try a seven, eight month program between Cody and Roman? Mm. I hope not. I feel so bad for Cody. It's like I just—I don't at all. <laughs> I it's. I mean, I, he's. I started watching his documentary, and not to go down this rabbit hole, but I haven't finished it yet. But. No, you're not missing much. It's just, well, it's like, man, were you really, was it really, I, I don't know, you know, and like that's, I don't know. So if it's like this, I don't know, behind the curtains that like he'll, he's always wanted to be like his dad and he'll, yet he'll never be like his dad, if that makes any sense, yeah. you know, where it's like you came back for this and you, like it, I was 
like pretty surprised when he didn't win it at this last WrestleMania. I think a lot of people were, were like, okay, wait, what? Like, isn't this why you came back? And then all of a sudden it was, you know, he's thrown into programs with Dominic Mysterio. So it's just, I don't know. Part of me is just like, I feel bad for him because he's, he seems to always just kind of throw himself into whatever he's doing, which you're, I can't, you know, I can't blame him for it. Look at, he, well, he did it with the Indies and he got over on the Indies and then that led to AEW and whatnot. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, cause I heard he got into, right? Didn't he get, he gets into why he leaves AEW or something? Doesn't he bring it up or something? Or like, is it kind of, he's very, very like coy about it. Uh, All he says is it was a personal issue. Yeah. He says it wasn't any of the guys in the locker room. It wasn't any of the talent, but it was, all he says is it was a personal issue. And he says, that's all he can say. Yeah. Interesting. Which I think is bullshit. Honestly, those documentaries are kind of like, there's a lot of truth to them, obviously because they're like highlighting his career and stuff, but then there's a lot of like fluff behind it. I mean, Oh, yeah. He talks about AEW and then immediately afterwards, Triple H calls it a second, like a second rate company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, he was basically like, why do you want to be the best in the second rate company when you can be the best in the best company in the world? And it's that kind of garbage that I'm just like, I uh, don't worry about any of this. Yeah, like, gotcha. I also, I, I fell asleep towards the end and I was, I, was like, <laughs> I just think, I don't know. I think it, it made sense for Cody to lose at WrestleMania to have that like, you're not ready for it and have him build. But like Brock should have been like Royal rumble mm-hmm. feud. And then it would have made more sense if he beats Brock, then he, he gets a challenge for Roman again, which I think is fine. But we all knew going into this, that Roman was going to hold the belt for years. Like that was like destined to be a plan of McMahon's for forever. And I, I, I do agree with Jim. They've written themselves into a corner that they don't know how to get out of. And it, it <laughs> really showed with Jimmy interfering and it was, and now they're going to do this like dumb and they already did it, which it, it, like is even more annoying. Jay leaving the company. Cause remember before yeah. WrestleMania, Jay left the company. Yeah. Like he just was, oh, is Jay going to show up? Is one half of the tag team's going to show up? And it's like, he was walking through the crowd and it was just like, whatever. And now he's like gone. And so like, he's not gone. Like we're not dumb. Like this, you you are literally retelling a story that you told like six months ago. Clear. And James is gone. <laughs> James was gone. Uh, it is. It is just that. Yeah, I think they really wanted The Rock to be available, and he's. I don't think he has any interest, or if he does, it'll probably be Royal Rumble. But again, as as a one off, that really doesn't really make any sense, mm-hmm. unless if it's just The Rock passing the torch to Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just made absolutely zero sense. And and Jim uh, said, uh, this was literally this looked like what Vince Russo would have created, and it was. It, it just was just oh like God. I wouldn't even say it was like anger inducing. It was just like what? It was just very confusing. You're just like, there's no fucking point to this, like no. at all. And, and if they wanted to, like, I was I was uh, I was thinking about like how they could have made it right. And and if the stars would have aligned. And I also think weirdly that they were kind of banking on Jacob Fatu, not re-signing with MLW. And I, I, if if you wanted to do it right, you have, you literally work a contract out very briefly and you have Jay Uso show up at MLW to recruit Jacob Fatu to come and and fight at a bigger pay-per-view. To me, that's Mm -hmm. the only way that they can rectify this. I don't have any interest to see Jay and Jimmy like, 
fight each other like at no. all. I mean, no. it would have been cool if Jay would have won the championship, but we all knew that was never going to happen. No, no. Well, like you, like you said, they've, they've painted themselves into a corner here. I wouldn't even say it was a bad match. It was pretty good. I mean, Jay, those guys, Jay has proved that he's main event with his yeah. brother without him. And I think that's, that's a good takeaway from this. But other than that, the story is just like, just it's well, done. Jay has progressed so much yeah. in the last several years. I don't, I don't see that same growth in Jimmy. I yeah. Really and also, him. yeah, Jimmy hasn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Jay yeah. has become a really good wrestler. Yeah. Jimmy is still Jimmy. He's still, he's still where he was four years ago. Dare I say the Marty Janetti of the Usos? Ooh. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> let's, not say, let's not say what is it? Let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great segue to my spotlighted wrestler of <laughs> Well, I think we should we should at least finish WWE before we move on to another company. Jim's favorite wrestler, probably wrestler of the year, match <laughs> of the year. Easily. Uh easily. I, I don't even know. Uh Male and female wrestler of the year. Clearly. I think he's non-binary. I think <laughs> that's how he expresses. Jim Karrion Cross. Let's Karrion hear it. the Killer Cross. Karrion Killer Cross. Yeah, for those I'm who didn't see. Moping Karrion. in my basement playing the guitar because my mom I'm mad at my mom. Cross. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. Uh, <laughs> you better you better tell my stepdad Rick to back the fuck up, mom. Real quick, Jim. Uh, has Karrion Cross showed his friends the movie The Crow? Probably every one of them. <laughs> it's probably as soon as they walk in, he's like, "Guys, you really got to see this. It's amazing." It just it gets me. It totally gets me. So Karrion Cross was wrestling AJ Styles, which look, you AJ Styles could make me look fucking good. Okay, I'm a 43 year old overweight man with a bad back and carrying and, and AJ Styles can make me look like a fucking champion in that ring. And in this match with AJ Styles, Karrion Cross just reproves over and over and over again what I've been saying all along, which is that some bitch can't wrestle. Uh, he fucks up repeatedly. He sandbags. He just looks like absolute dog shit. And I'm watching this going, yep, fucking told you so. I don't want to be the I told you so guy, but I fucking told you so. And it felt really validating. It felt vindicating for me this week uh, to see everybody on Twitter and the Internet wrestling community just coming out with what the fuck is Carrying Cross doing? Uh, it just it felt it felt good to me. It felt good to me. But um <laughs> I, I teased I teased you guys before we started. Uh, I think I figured out why. I think I discovered the secret as to why Carrying Cross is absolute dog shit. Are you ready? Yes. Carrying Cross was trained by the one and only Disco Inferno, Glenn <laughs> Gilberti. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's like that that simpsons episode with like when lisa sees the yahoo serious film festival she's like i see the words but that just doesn't make any sense like it's like i'm like that doesn't make any sense jim like at all 
it, to me, it makes perfect sense because it's like, no wonder the guy is all fucking sizzle and no steak. Mm-hmm. That's Glenn Gilberti's entire career was, look, I look like a fucking douchebag. I can't do anything, but I look like a fucking douchebag. What's Karrion Cross's entire career? <laughs> Wait, what's a, what's a headlock? Hold on, somebody walk me through the headlock. <laughs> I just, yeah, when I when I found out he was trained by Glenn Gilberti, I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh. it all comes together. How how great would it be if Glenn Disco Inferno he his he he was like really really high on pitching the Boogie Monster to to carry across. But instead of like being a monster, he's like a dancing machine. <laughs> he's like, I really, I really wish Karrion Cross would have gone with the Boogie Monster gimmick. <laughs> they could have tagged for years, man. They oh. could have run the Indies. Now, now I'm interested. You know what I mean? Like that, I'm interested in seeing. <laughs> like the like Funkasaurus, but with Frankenstein instead of a dinosaur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funkenstein, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and his mystery partner from parts unknown, (laughs) Dr. Funkenstein. (laughs) It starts playing. (laughs) You can easily, easily get in the, get in the ring and get everyone to start clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Like really, really, really awkwardly. I'm, just, I'm picturing Phil Hartman's Frankenstein from Saturday Night Live in the 90s. Uh, fire back. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, get rid of get rid of his his wife. It's you need we need the boogie monster in Disco Inferno. <laughs> but, yeah. Feuding with Alex Wright and LaParka. They really need to bring back the 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 panicked uh like ringside announcer of like get him out of here like, <laughs> is the best the best era of wrestling uh, well, somebody get him out of here speaking of boy it's funny that you say that time get him out of here supposedly there there's more drama between Mr CM Punk and Mr Adam Page I know nothing about like I just I all I heard was CM Punk says something and I'm like ah shit so like what now? <laughs> what's what's happening? Um. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that's a question we all have, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this, I feel like the answer is like I almost was like that. CM Punk should stop opening his mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I. But I don't so know what, what happened. It could it could very easily be him. It could be a shoot, and which I don't think it is, but. Him, them trying to like a slow burn uh, CMFTR versus the elite. That's no, that's where I could see that going. But no, I, <laughs> the comments he said were not very pleasant. <laughs> and so, so collision, collision goes off the air Saturday night and they, okay. give, they give punk a life, Mike, which is. Uh-oh that's where your problems begin yeah. right there you go uh, you know no no good story begins with a salad no good story begins with a hand cm punk and live mic but they're <laughs> off air right they're off air and punk is they're in greensboro north carolina uh shout out to the piedmont triad uh former resident of winston-salem north carolina right here so i love me some greensboro but uh he, they're in greensboro 
and somebody has a sign in the crowd that says, you know, this is hangman country because hangman is very popular in the Carolinas, right? He's, he's oh, yeah. Virginia, Virginia, right. yeah, yeah. Right? That, that region he's, he's, he's pretty over and punk obviously sees the sign. He says, you know, Oh, they say this is hangman country. And I went to a local store and I realized why it's called hangman country or why they call him hangman. It's, it's because all of his toys are still hanging on the hooks in the aisles. Nobody wants them. He can't move merchandise. Not like me. Uh, and he just starts basically just generally shitting on Hangman for, for not being a draw, for not selling, uh, which was completely unprovoked. Like Hangman has like not said a goddamn thing about him and who knows how long. It's just that punk is going to be punk. Uh, and yeah, I don't I don't think for one second they're working towards a feud i think it's just hey i think it's just punk being mad i think he's just never gonna stop being bitter uh about hangman and taking every shot he can yeah damn well i heard uh, before we before we hopped on i did read a little blur but i didn't i didn't click fully into it that hangman responded and it it doesn't sound like he's very very happy with what punk had to say. And I'm wondering if he's just going to keep it to himself, uh, because of the whole, uh, brawl out, which, and I, I, who knows? I, I wish, I wish punk could move forward with it because I think we're, we could be jeopardizing a lot of like really good matches. If, especially if Tony Khan finally just goes like, all right, dude, I've given you enough chances. Either you shut up about this or you're fired. Mm -hmm. And I think that could very well happen. And then you would see like a, horrible legal battle which would never look good for aew but dude just just fucking get let it go let it go man it's time to move on they basically gave you like a show of your own and I, i've heard he's like super super involved with um uh with the production of it the storylines and everything and uh, so it's like dude they they literally gave you a pedestal like chill like Nah, you're not making yourself look any any better no. punk. Jesus, man well that's a bummer and, and, and I think it's safe to say we're all three very huge CM Punk fans and it's like dude time time to let it go buddy mm-hmm. let it go be an adult, yeah. be an adult. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I get it, man. he took like two backhands to the face you know so like chops or well, chops look. was it yeah it was technically chops and I, look I've as someone who has been hit in the face do, do I ever forget it? No. Do I learn mm-hmm. to move on? Yes. It's not like every time I see my brother, I'm like, you piece of shit. It's just like, <laughs> you know, but, but it will I every once in a while remind him. And, you know, when it's advantageous or when it's, you know, uh, strategic, I'll be like, Hey, remember when you fucking slapped me? But you don't, you know, you don't just constantly. Yeah. <laughs> brother. Yeah. Just let it go, man. Be all Elsa in this bitch and let it go. Let it go. There you go, man. <laughs> so I think to wrap it up before we 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 move on to a match of the week, uh, I think this is the a good time to bring up uh, a, a, a certain gentleman that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, speaking of let it go, uh, RVD is is back. I will admit I missed the when he first came out, and I think Jim, I. I texted the group and was like, Jim, how, how excited were you when you heard, you know, the original music, he comes out and it was, I think you were like squealed like a little girl or something. My nipples could cut glass. I was so fucking excited. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I mean, how cool to be with Jerry Lynn and everything like that. And I was like, okay, interesting. And, and I hadn't watched a lot of the matches and I was like, okay, I want to watch this one. Like, was it pretty? Oof, no, you know, but like, it's it was pretty fucking good for a 50 year old man, dude. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I was going to say like that. I, the, the, what is it? What did he ever name the, the hanging leg drop? Was that ever a van something or <laughs> it was just it was just a spinning leg drop? Yeah. Oh man, that just he when he nailed it, Jungle Boy or sorry Jack Perry sold. Yeah. I was like, okay, I will admit Jack Perry made him look pretty good, and and I very well done Jack Perry. Like you're 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 discovering who you are as a heel. I think you got a long way to go, but you're 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 figuring it out I, that's admirable you know and you can tell he's his gears changing like almost week to week he's putting tweaks in so it's 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 cool that he's listening i think that's really cool but yeah that was interesting guys what do you think of RV, rvd being back do you think because he i heard it was only for one but then now there's rumors that he's like talking for more like is this a like welcome you know maybe addition or is this like dude let it go like sting because I've heard he showed up again and I'm just like, and I saw red marks on his face and I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 don't no. So I don't welcome Joker sting. I think that was an (laughs) untapped gimmick. It it didn't have a a good shelf life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Cause it was so good the first time around. Oh, that was the best. Uh, my, my biggest worry is the whole ECW revival thing. And, and we've talked about this before, especially when we did our, uh, our episode on uh, new Jack. Uh, I, I, that's my, I get it. I, I understand Tony Khan's pretty nostalgia heavy on ECW. Cause obviously he attended several ECW shows. And, and I think it's, it's fun to see him kind of relive his childhood, but like, to us, ECW is dead. It's like deader than dead. And I wish it would <laughs> stay dead at this point because I, I, that's my biggest fear is this, the whole FT was FTW belt yep. um, is that we're going to see like old ECW guys who can still kind of hang challenge Jack Perry. And, and I'm just, or I don't know. I'm, I, he looks great. I'm, I'm happy for Rob Van Dam. I'm, I'm glad he got a payday. Cause you know, yeah. that dude is, you know, the reason why I, I fell in love with the ECW product, him and Jerry Lynn both. And yeah, of course it's a, it's a huge nostalgia fest, but do we need it? No, I, I think RVD could have a really good role backstage. And I think that's what they need to focus on more, uh, not to get into like the, you know, backstage stuff, but I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was, I was happy, you know, like I, I definitely popped when I heard his original music, but other than that, let, let ECW die. Just please. Yeah. I think even Paul Heyman is at this point is like, Jesus Christ, let it go guys. <laughs> you know? So no, I mean, what about you, Jim? What'd you, what'd you think? I fucking loved it. I gotta be honest. I loved it. I, I think, you know, considering what Rob Van Dam was at his prime. Yeah. He's not, of course he's fallen off from there. Oh yeah. You look at Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, Chris Jericho, Sting. Rob Van Dam looks like a fucking amazing specimen of humanity. He was like really the only things I saw RVD fuck up was he used to be able to spring up to the top rope, right? He used to go yep, from the mat to the that. top rope. And he he, you know, he needed a little assistance a couple times. 
dude, in my best fucking day, I couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. The fact that a 52 year old man is is even coming that close is amazing. Nailed the rolling thunder, nailed the spinning leg drop, right? Nailed the the five star frog splash. He was hitting all of his shit. He was hitting his kicks. I I would love to see more RVD, especially again when you consider they're giving all the fucking airtime to guys like Jericho and Sting and the Hardys and Jarrett, who should be fucking hanging it up. RVD still has a lot to give. I think RVD yeah. still has a lot in the tank. And I was yes, when Pantera walk hits. It's still to this day the only Pantera song I can listen to because they're a bunch of fucking racists. But the only song I can listen to for Pantera is Walk because of the Rob Van Dam Association. Yeah. And it's still what yeah. like, gets me like if I'm in my car and I got my, my iPod on shuffle. Yeah, iPod. I said it. And and I and fucking Walk comes on. I'm getting jazzed, dude. I'm getting all the way fucking psyched yeah. up. Um, so yeah i i loved seeing rvd back i'd love to see him again i agree let's not make this an ecw thing let's just make it a this guy's really fucking good it can still go thing uh it doesn't need to be rvd from ecw it can just be rvd yeah 100 percent. like he it was interesting so i i almost wanted to like wanted to talk about this further but i think we we could really drag this out but Mm -hmm. You know, RVD for me was like the not AJ Styles because AJ Styles kind of sort of got to the like to the to the to the top and whatnot. But like it was like RVD reminds me of like him, Nigel McGuinness, guys that like were so close, but either just had bad luck or fucked it up. Like in case of Rob Van Dam's, like he he literally had it. I mean, when you beat the guy in his era because of that weird resurgence that ECW first had. And whatnot, and he what screwed it up by getting busted with weed with the sheik with, with yeah, Sabu. Like, <laughs> later, yeah. Like, part of me wanted to be like, "Well, one more." Are you thinking like, yeah. but like, it was just the guy, and I could see Tony Khan, Tom Tier, like he's very big on nostalgia, like, giving him a run, and like maybe giving him a TNT title, may, maybe you know, and whatnot, like a brief run like that. Because like I agree with you, Jim. I'd rather watch him than Sting than anybody else and whatnot. And yeah, no thanks, but blah. By no means do I, I mean, I, I'm not mad at Tony Khan because I mean, it's a great way to get viewership. It's just that like, I just, unfortunately it was, it was tainted horribly by WWE to the point where it's like, okay, we're done with ECW. Let's, let's move on. Vince, you know, killed it, pissed on it and then buried it and killed it again. And it was just like, I, that's that's my biggest worry with with AEW is that it could like you know the next person to challenge Jack Perry is like super crazy or you know somebody you know like Bubba Ray might show up nope. and it's like oh really I'm gonna call no on that one no fucking way why, no why fucking how because he's a cuck he's an asshole oh, yeah I mean he's he's awful but he's a monster and and Tony Khan has moral standards for who he brings into his company I don't think there's any fucking way shape or form he, and that's you know that's the other thing is ECW died not only because of the WWE resurgence but look at how the other originals have continued to fuck its corpse right Tommy Dreamer holy ray right these guys have ruined the like they keep trying to live off of that fucking nostalgia in other companies and they just ruin it 
And even Raven has gotten dragged into it. It's just like, God damn it. Let it. That's why ECW needs to go. We need to let go of it is so that people like Tommy Dreamer can stop being fucking booked. For my match of the week, uh, I'll start because, you know, I'm bigger than you. I I, I went with, uh, we already referenced it briefly, uh, but I think is it deserves a hell of a lot more attention. My match of the week was uh, Naito versus Osprey in the G1 Climax semis. Uh, it was... It was, I mean, Naito was fucking nailing it. Osprey was nailing it. But to me, what really made it an, a, a standout match, what really made it an amazing match was uh, right before they went home with it, Naito legit got knocked out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Osprey. Whoa, what? Yeah. Osprey. Gnarly. Yeah. Osprey threw a, a thrust kick, threw a super kick. And you could tell Naito was legitimately knocked out for a second. Uh, you could see the arms kind of going weird. Uh, it took him a while to collect. And I think is a real testament to both of them. Osprey protected the fuck out of Naito and got him through that finish. And Naito carried through and finished it and hit a couple of really good uh, tranquillos uh, to, to end the match. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I'm really looking forward to Naito versus wow. uh, uh, Okada in the finals. Great match. And like I said, even better by seeing just how truly professional and, and how truly uh, gifted both of them are when something goes wrong, they're able to keep a, a level head and, and make it through safely and make it look good. Wow. Wow. Sounds I like I have to check it out. Damn. Yeah. Uh, another thing with, with Osprey, what, what makes it so good is that like, I know they would, they, they did want to continue the match, but Osprey at this point, like was like, he didn't give a shit about like kayfabe or anything. He was legit like screaming spots at, at Naito yep. because Naito was so like just loopy. Yeah, really? Like, there's oh, a wow. couple times Naito was, just falls down. Like they're trying yeah. to shoot the ropes and Naito just falls down because he can't keep his feet on her. You can hear Osprey like, like yelling like spots to him. Yep. Well, and, he's, and you can hear him saying like, it'll be okay. We'll be okay. We'll get through this. Like yep. he's, he's like hyping them up loudly. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. God, man. Well, didn't speaking of, but I mean, obviously not to, not to deter from that. Um, cause like you said, Jim, good on both of them and good on Osprey for like that. I mean, if that guy is not primed and like ready, I think so. Like, but I heard he, he did something right. Didn't he recently throw a belt down and like, it's now, I don't know, Jim, do you know what I'm talking? I, I yeah. saw it briefly, but like, I'm like, okay, this makes sense, but it's just, yeah, Osprey, Osprey, who up until a few days ago was the IWGP U.S. heavyweight champion uh, at the post-match press conference, announced that it was now the IGPW UK heavyweight championship. He said he doesn't have any passion for defending something he doesn't feel connected to, which was the U.S. title. So he's made, renaming it the UK title. Uh, I think... I know, exactly. I, wow. Exactly. Yeah. It is Fucking so brilliant. chef's kiss. And I think it's uh, brilliant. And I also, I think the timing is brilliant because what's coming up in a couple of weeks in the UK. Yep. All out motherfuckers. Can you imagine Will Ospreay shows up in his first match with the IWGP UK heavyweight title is at Wembley stadium. That place is going to erupt. God damn dude. Just so fuck. like, I I could see, and I don't, I hope, cause like, so I know Kenny Omega 
uh, is supposed to make this what's next kind of thing. And it's supposed to be uh, his, who he's, who he's, who he's going against at, at all in um, all out, all out or all in. Is this, I always get so confused. All out. Yeah, it's all out at Wembley, all in, in Chicago. Got it. Okay. So, um, and I, the speculation is it's going to be him and Osprey. And I'm like, I hope it's not because I think we brought this up where it's like, there, there's been no bill yeah. other than what's been happening. So I, I would love to see Will Osprey, and um, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, Orange Cassidy for the international title, like that would be cool. And he wins it. That would be good. He wins the international title too. Like, oh man, like, I don't know. But I think he's, I think Orange Cassidy is in some dumb three way or something, right? Like a trios. No, not, not a, no. Mm. I don't think announced that. Yeah, not too much has been announced still. That'd be cool. I'd love to see those two guys go at it for sure. Yeah. That'd be fun, Tom. No. Would you? Would you? Yeah. What was your match this week, Tom? Oh, my match of the week, uh, and I'm, I might be stealing this from Mike. Was CM Punk Ricky Starks with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the special guest referee? The only thing is, is that it wasn't uh, an amazing match. It's what Ricky Starks did afterwards that I was like. <laughs> Yes. Hell yes. This is the start <laughs> that we need. And I think this is what's going to catapult him into being that really like rock level nasty heel. Um, so for those of you who didn't see it, uh, I believe uh, at the end of the match, Ricky Starks just molly wants the shit out of Ricky the Dragon. And what's even better about that <laughs> was and this is this is how amazing and I don't think Ricky the Dragon gets enough credit for being one of the, Ever. if not top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time, they wanted, uh, it sounded like punk wanted, uh, steamboat to beat up Starks and steamboat was like, no, if we're going to make this work and we're going to make this kid look good, he has to murder me. And CM Punk was kind of on the fence with it. And same with, uh, uh everything that I was reading, uh, Starks was on the fence about it too. And he was like, no, we're like, if you do this, we're going to make you look like a star kid. And basically, you know, took one for the team. And I think that was absolutely brilliant. And then you have the aftermath of that where he comes out and he's suspended for 30 days, but he's like, uh, I may be suspended as a wrestler, but not as a manager. And he's like, he's got manager credentials. It's like, uh, man, I love it. I, I'm loving this storyline. I think it's, yeah, it's great. I think punk is definitely, uh, the best for realizing the, the future, uh, uh the future talent. That is that is in AEW. So um, I loved it. I thought it was great, and and it was a it was a great way to really really amp up uh, Ricky Stark's heel. So that was my match of the week. No, no, that's a good choice, man. No, it's, yeah, I I didn't know that about Ricky the Dragon. I mean, I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah. oof, Ricky, Ricky really like really took one from the team there. Bumps, man. Like, <laughs> ouch! Like that. The bumps. But yeah. the best part of it too is if you if you follow Punk on his social. It was like he was like hanging out with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and was like attending class, you know, like teacher, you know, teachers in or whatever classes in session. And everyone listened to the teacher and it was like pictures of him and, and Ricky. And I was like, oh, man, that how rad would that be just for an hour? And and, and we, we never mentioned this on the podcast, but for Jim's birthday, we got him uh, a cameo for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And we were expecting two minutes and this dude, like 12 minutes, Jim, right? Yeah, yep. Something like that. Goes through his entire like, a full fucking tour of his, tour of his wrestling yeah. room. And me, even me and Mike were like, oh my God, like, <laughs> this is amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, Ricky rules, man. Well, it just goes to show he's amazing. He's if you're not behind Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, shame on you. That man is one of the best. It'd be a fun spotlight to do because a lot of people there's there's and I'm actually I I, I hope it doesn't become a dark side of the ring because I I think it's too easy to to fall into that pettiness you know where it's Tom I don't know if you've ever known this but like a lot of people attribute the fact that Ricky like never really peaked and like it was yeah he was given the the, the goofy flaming steamboat gimmick in WWE but yeah a lot of people the the big rumor is and Jim and I don't know if you've heard anything different is that his wife was really the one to cause him to get out like I think Flair's mm-hmm. gone on record saying it's oh it's his wife's fault. And this and that, like she convinced Ricky to get out and stuff. And it's always been kind of one of those, I, I don't want to say conspiracy theory because I'd hate to see it end up on something like Dark Side of the Ring. But a lot of people have said that like Ricky never truly fully got to where he should have been, if that makes any sense. Well, he absolutely did not reach where he, sh- he should be on everyone's fucking Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. But because oh, yeah. he doesn't have the titles and the accolades, you know, I, I God, I, I, about to mark the fuck out right now because I am I am possibly the world's biggest Ricky Steamboat fan. I I love that man so fucking much. Uh, and you know every every great performer you've ever heard of says he's the best. Austin, Flair, Taker, they all say he's the fucking best, and that's for a reason. You know he just he's so fucking good at everything that he does, and and yeah, he didn't reach the heights he should have reached. Um, he is absolutely unapologetically a huge family man. I mean, that was even a part of his gimmick for a while there where he would bring his wife and his son to the ring. And, you know, in the cameo, you guys got me. He talks about his wife, like more than he talks about the fucking NWA almost. I mean, the guy clearly is in love with his wife and good for him, man. Fantastic. And if at the end of the day, he didn't reach the heights of wrestling that he could have reached because he wanted to be with his wife more. I am about to judge the man. I am not about to talk shit about that. Would I have loved to have seen Ricky Steamboat as like the Hulk Hogan of the era? Fuck yeah, he deserves that. But if if he ultimately decided his family over pro wrestling, talk about a rare experience, especially of that generation, to put his family above all of that. So yeah. Returning to the match, fucking loved it. I love seeing Steamboat get involved because I am a huge Steamboat fan. I love Punk. I love Starks. Uh, I loved all three of them in the ring together. Uh, I I was I was also giddy as a schoolgirl watching the match. So yeah, Tom, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I love the post match shenanigans. I thought that was great. Oh, it was oh, beautiful. I love some good post post match shenanigans. It's like when it's done right, <laughs> it's it's fun, but it can also be done badly. But um, it's gonna so be the name I'm, of my autobiography one day. Post match shenanigans. <laughs> when done right, great. When done wrong, it's bad. No, sometimes uh, post match shenanigans. No. So speaking of, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think about this with with matches. Um, so I didn't obviously it, it admitted didn't get to see a lot. Had to catch up, uh, but I did get to see FTR versus Big Bill and Brian Cage and. Not bad, not bad. And I would say definitely not a, because FTR was carrying them. Um, you could tell, but like, I mean, they're going to have a good match with anybody. You can tell there was like, listen to us. Like we know what we're doing, you know, et cetera. Um, 
I'll get to Brian Cage in a second, but I actually was to be, it's like, I'm, I don't want to say proud because that sounds weird, but like big bill, man, like that almost wishes he could be big bill, like a guy that could move that good and wrestle and tell a story. And like, I'm really happy for him. I guess that's the, it's just the, where he came from and to get back is, is probably very, very hard. And I, I can't imagine that, but I'm like, man, he's, he's, he's figuring it out. And it's, mm-hmm. I wish that would go with um, Brian Cage. Cause like, why is he painting his face? Like, I was like, you don't need to do that, man. Like, like, but I could see it's just AEW being like, Brian Cage, hey guys, I really want to paint my face. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I really want to do it. Are you sure about that? Right. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. And like, there's no one to be like, there's no one that went, no, Brian, that's a really dumb idea. You two are both monsters and you paint your face like an idiot. Like, they should both be wearing like tank top. Like, I'm just, it's, you can tell there's, there's like, I was going to say, where are you wearing tank top, guys? <laughs> They gotta get with Johnny Good Times, um, Good Time Squad. Yeah, no, but like it's just it's you could tell there were hints of them working together and like man, they're a monster tag. This is fun. There and then Brian Cage would be like, oh, he's Brian Cage again, and it's like, yeah, if you guys can figure that out and drop the fucking face paint, you you got it. But I just I thought that was a terrific match. It was fun. It reminded me of just kind of not like it's not quite. NWA, but maybe like mid card old school WCW, where it was like, oh man, these guys are monsters, like the Barbarians or something. And it was like, you've got kind of the smaller, tougher, you know, and, and that sold and made it work. And I just, like I said, I thought overall it was great. I still think it made everybody look good. And I was just, I'm, I'm happy for Big Bill because I think he's finding his footing again. And if he goes back to the W, good for him. That's a, that's a gimme if he goes there. I totally get that, you know, but like, it's just good for him. So I don't know. Did you guys see it or, I mean, it was such a quick mid card. It was, yeah, but it was fun. What do you, what do you guys think? I think uh, what those two guys need is for Tony Khan to still kind of keep them under contract, but to let them go to Japan. I think if those two, because yeah, you're absolutely right. Bill, big bill is he's finding his niche. He's finding his craft and he would 100%, I think polish it as like the big scary gaijin over in new Japan or wherever in Japan. I think they need to do a couple of tours to prove that they are these monstrous tag teams, win the IWGP tag titles and, and just have a run with it. And Brian cage. Yeah. Brian cage is just, he's still, I still trying to figure it out whether it's (laughs) one day or he's going to come out and like, you know, road warrior gear. And like, it's just like, (laughs) just, just come out in a couple of tank tops, (laughs) jeans, you know, and no, but I I think you're absolutely right. I think if cage can, can dial it back a little bit, get some guidance over in Japan, I think they could be like a hell of a tag team. Um, But who knows if they'll go over there. I know we're, we're going to cut our episode short here, but like, we also got to mention Eddie Kingston real quick in New Japan because that mm-hmm. shit's been amazing, by the way. Uh, yes, but is. I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, it was solid. I think FTR, I mean, those the, they just prove every week that they're the best tag team like ever at this point. They're so goddamn good and they're so smart. And yeah, that, it was it was a good match. Good pick, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, I figured you guys would have fun with it. You know, just you nailed it from the jump. 
FTR is going to have a good match with anybody, right? Yeah. FTR is going to go in there and they're going to put on a clinic. And like you said, they took the lead. They said, you know, come with us. And, and, you know, I, I agree. I think I would love to see big bill and Brian cage in, in new Japan, but I'd love to see them there to learn. Right. Because while I think they could yeah. get over as just monster Gaijin, um, I worry about the Lance Archer effect, right? Lance Archer went to Japan to be a monster and didn't learn a goddamn thing. He's still just the same fucking dude, right? Uh, and look where that's gotten him, right? Nowhere where he deserves to be. Because um, I can't take you seriously as a fucking monster heel when you have a depiction of the crucifixion of Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you're not this like vicious killer when you're like, yeah, I love me some JC. I can't, I can't. You gotta, you gotta live your gimmick to a degree, man. Um, but no, I think Big Bill, Brian, uh, Brian Cage could do great in New Japan if they went to learn uh, for the New Japan style. But as far as the match itself, of course, it's going to be good. It's FTR, right? Oh, yeah. It's FTR putting on a clinic like they do week in, week out. Uh, I almost made my match of the week, the, the CMFTR versus the, the House of Black. Um, oh, yeah. Because I just there were so many moments in there that I've waited my life to see. You know, uh, uh, you got Brody King and CM Punk in the ring together. You got CM Punk and Malachi Black in the ring together. I just, uh, I could cry thinking about it. Uh, and so I, FTR is going to put on a good match every single time. Uh, and yeah, Big Bill and Brian Cage have shown that they were thrown together, but they're making it work. And uh, I hope they continue to to grow. Um, you know, Brian Cage is obviously going to be doing a lot more with the, the trios the ring of honor trios with the gates of agony. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he gets some, some more time with big bill in there too. Cause remember big bill and, and tiger style were doing great too. Big bill was having a really good tag team going with tiger style. So maybe. Oh, that's right. That yeah. Team. Yeah. Where's he at? Yeah. He just kind of, he, I don't know. I don't know if he's injured or what, but we haven't seen him in Mariotti. Yeah. Haven't seen yeah. him in a bit. How was the, before we drop? how was the, um, I'm assuming the House of Black went over. I, I can't. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What? How did? How did it yeah, go down? Because of Samoa Joe's Samoa Joe interfered, and that led to House of Black uh, going over. But, but I mean, I like I texted you guys. CM Punk gets in the ring and faces off against Malachi Black, and I need new pants. I just, I just <laughs> those two. They're two of my favorites of the modern era. Uh, oh yeah. And, God, I want to see them in a program. I want to see CM That'd Punk versus Malachi Black. So the fucking cross leg stare down was just like, oh god. I we uh, I think everyone it. has been waiting for that moment since Punk came back, mm-hmm. and they nailed it. Oh, so good. When the facial expression, both of those guys are so good at telling a story with facial expressions, and and they're so communicative and emotive, and it's just it was just a thing of beauty. It was just an absolute thing of beauty, oh, and really good wrestlers. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't, can't write that high enough. Jesus, yeah, I mean, all of them. I would say, you know, in yeah. some way or another. Damn, check it out. Yeah, cool. That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, Spotlighted Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen, and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are out. Out.